Hello and welcome to the 90 Minute Cynic Podcast. I am your new host, new and improved host, uh, Louis McCaffrey. And um, basically it's taken a month for Chris Gallagher to, well, basically the money's went to his head, the fame's went to his head. And he's decided, he didn't tell us face to face, he just texted us all to say that if people want to hear his voice, they better pay up. So he has chucked the free pod, um, but it's okay people, I am your saviour, I am here to save the day. Um, tonight I'm joined by a panel, pretty much the only people who would do it tonight, um, but it's, the, it's, a, it's a strong spine of the team, to be honest. Up front, we've got the, the big toe bash himself, Kieran Haran, how are you? I'm fine. Good, good. Um, Toes intact. Good. Um, and central midfield, picking pockets, looking for the odd nutmeg, Christopher Samani, how are you? Uh, thanks for letting me come on your podcast, Louis, and uh, I'll continue to pick pockets uh, throughout the next hour. Thank you. And the uh, the Daniel Mastorovich of the uh, 90 Minute Cynic, it's um, Brian McManus. I, I wasn't expecting that at all. Good to be back. Thanks for having me. Thanks for being here. Um, so we're not... We're we're not gonna um we're not gonna dwell on the fact um we've we've changed host too much. Um I know you'll all be very thankful. Um quick promotion of the, the Patreon, it's how we all um manage to go to the pub so much. It's been very well received so far in the first month. Um we've had like a billion podcasts out. Um each one of them um genuinely have been very very good uh, we've all kind of pitched in we've all really enjoyed ourselves so um thank you if you have already subscribed if you haven't then please consider it um itunes it was always me that harped on about itunes um and we have do you want to hand that job over well if someone wants to take it i mean uh, no what, what's the job just try it just promote itunes in that voice, you need yeah. to do it. I'm still dealing with the flipbook baton that you passed to me, so I'm yeah. still trying that. Yeah. Flipbook, I mean, there, there will be some listeners that are still on it, and those people should be applauded. I got an um, email from them not long ago. I think yesterday or the day before. Something top ten flipboard. We weren't in it, but, you know. <laughs> it's, we it's we used to be there. at Hacky. I was off there. last week, that's why we were in it. Yeah. We were number eight or something. Um, Shout out to the people that are from the flipboard days. Those were those are halcyon days. You can find us on Bebo as well. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, iTunes. Um, if you could leave a review um, and a five star rating, that'd be great. Um, although we are obviously on Patreon, iTunes still still matters to us. Um, and this this is the the kind of this is the number one podcast um celtic podcast and we want to make sure that if you're not on patreon that that is absolutely fine and we hope that you still enjoy the show and um that's basically why i'm here to jazz it up a bit but um anyway we better we better go into the football so um at the weekend we saw the start of the the league season um celtic hosted st johnston in the first game of the season and we won emphatically 7-0 um, Chris Samani, do you want to start us off? What was your kind of main thoughts after the game? What did, how do you think it went? Um, it was it was great fun watching the game. I was at the game um, on on um, Saturday, and you know that way where you you don't know what to expect. We've had 
a couple of fairly easy home ties uh, in the qualifiers so far. But you could tell that the, the quality, the, the calibre of that opposition wasn't particularly high. So you went in quite pleased with how we've played so far, the number of goals we've scored, but you aren't quite sure how things are going to click. Um, and then we go in and the performance was just absolutely, absolutely sensational. There was some, in the first half, there was maybe a couple of quiet spells in terms of maybe after when um, Johnson scored that wasn't quite as good. The tempo wasn't quite as high as it was through for the rest of the game. But the second half especially was phenomenal. Um, and one name, Ryan Christie, unbelievable. I mean, he's a guy who most people thought probably um, didn't have a future at the club, would have been quite happy to see him loaned at the start of last season, but he's one of the first names in the team sheet right now. Hattrick, all from outside the box, um, just wonderful. Wonderful, wonderful. He's also part of that great group of having a smashed eye socket. Like Daniel Mastorovic mm. and Henry Larson. It, it, it just pads you out. Holy, holy Trinity. Really? I, I, I know we are talking about the current season, but can you remind me about the great Daniel Mastorovic eye socket smashing? Because I have forgot you, about that. If you're a Patreon subscriber, there's a whole podcast <laughs> on it. So, yeah. Nice promotion. Yeah. Um, Brian, what, what was your thoughts on the game? I hope that actually is. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what was your thoughts on the game? And also. How much of a statement do you think that makes? Because obviously there's been a lot of media hype around other teams in the league going into the season, but what does 7-0 in your first game do for you, do you think? Uh, it was brilliant. Just just what Samani was saying, it was fantastic. The whole, the whole day was amazing. Um, I think we've probably done a wee bit of a disservice to, to the team in the previous games. Like I know we've, we've, we've pretty much trounced Sarajevo and... The team that Gal pronounces really well. Nomkaljou. He does it. Nomkaljou, or it's like a mad Norwegian accent thing he does. Um, but I mean, these, we normally labour at this time of the season. These games are always quite tricky, um, and we've been brilliant. And this Saturday, everything just clicked. Whole team are brilliant. I know Christie's getting a lot of the praise, and rightly so. I thought right throughout the team. Everybody was great. Chris Iyer in particular, I thought, was just colossus. He was brilliant. Um, Scott Brown done well. Callum McGregor was was tremendous. Mikey Johnson. And Ed, Edward was outstanding. And the big thing that really stuck out for me was how much freedom he looked like he had now. He was dribbling. I mean, obviously, that sort of amazing run near the end of the first half, which would have been goal of the season already. Um, I thought he was great. And it just looks like there's there's much more, they're more dynamic, there's more impetus to go forward. There seem to be taking more opportunities, but it wasn't like previously where it's keep ball, keep ball. They, they just, if they had an opportunity to shoot, they did, and it worked out really well. So mm. all in all, I thought it was, was great. And it does really hopefully shut a lot of people up because after watching Celtic and how well they played, the tempo they kept, and then seeing what is allegedly going to be our big rivals the next day, who are just mince, then I think it does lay down a marker. But this is really early in the season. I think this is just going to get better and better. Mm. And Kieran, do you think it gives, like for me personally, I, I, it gave me a lot of confidence kind of going forward? Because I, I was a wee bit. Uh, we've played well at points so far in, in the European games, but you just never know when you're going to go into the league season. Do you think. It gives you more confidence in Neil Lennon as a manager because obviously before the, the end of last season when he took over from the Rat, um, 
he didn't obviously change much, but I think we were all a bit concerned that he was maybe going to go back to uh, you know a, a less attractive style of play. But did you think that that's what happened at, at the weekend? Uh, it's got me a, a lot more. Uh, appeased with what the league's going to probably set out. I think over the summer, I was taking uh, a wee bit of a kind of a little bit of concern the lack of signings coming in, and then the other side for the city. Granted, they were getting a lot of signings in, but they weren't getting great quality. They were getting the best quality they can afford, but they were getting them all in quite early, which you would think would help them to gel together. So the fact that we only kind of introduced a couple. We bought a couple of fullbacks that quite aren't quite the standard we're looking for. They look they look backups to me. Um, European performances were pretty good, but I mean we're up, we're not exactly up against uh, great competition. So to then go in and see the football we played on Saturday, but I, I, I love the football. I thought we played fantastic. I'm just not getting too carried away yet because St Johnston are rotten. Yeah, St Johnston. Didn't really, they haven't really. Um, they've, a poor, they've not improved. Poor start. They've not yeah. improved over the summer from the previous team. They get put out the league cup. That league cup uh, format. I think East Fife on their group. I think they beat them potentially one yeah. 0 They put them out as well. So they've had a bad start, um, and it showed. They just, I think, after a couple of goals went in, they just they were struggling. I mean, they struggled to get near us throughout the whole game. I mean, I don't even think they had a, sh- a shot on target. Um, didn't see them in our box very often. So. Um, it's given us a lot of confidence as well. Um, it's putting pressure on the, any teams against us in the league that that's the kind of football we can play. Uh, I just hope we can play that uh, consistently. Uh, yeah. that, that's the key. To, I think that's the key to a successful season because we've seen it with the with the Rangers last year. And that second half of the season, if they had got a bit of consistency, we possibly could have lost that league. Yeah. They, they lost a lot of games when they didn't get like, kind of two or three games in a run. So we need to make sure we've started this. We've got Motherwell away. It's going to be a bit of a tough. It's going to be a bit of a kind of tough comp to, um, challenge for us. But with that, with that kind of performance, I think we should really do well. That, yeah. Like, if you look at sorry, if you look at St Johnson, the way they lined up, they're always really disciplined. Whenever we've played them before, and they were still doing. I think they played with a back five. It was kind of like a five-three-one-one at points, and then obviously just dropping back. We've struggled before to break that down, yeah. and as much as it was the possession football and back to or side to side and then to the back. There was so much forward impetus in that team. Yeah, They broke them down without any problem. And also, I think this season, Christian's going to love it because the stats are going to be through the roof in terms of shots and crosses and everything. And it's great to see. That's what we all exciting. And as Chris said, fun football. Yeah, it was brilliant. It was. Um, as Cairn's saying, though, I do think it's important not to, not to get carried away because... St Johnson's performance was particularly poor. Now, you could look at that and say that's because of the way we played or it, it, it could be the other way around or whatever. But you can only beat what's in front of you. You can, you can only beat what's in front of you, so we, we, you certainly won't be negative about it, but you don't want to, you know, pin your colours, you know, to the mast right away um, and say that, you know, we're going to play like this all season. What I'm saying I, that, just I will, so you know. Well, you will, and then you'll pretend that you didn't if we start <laughs> playing crap. But what I think is very, very key, though, is see important players that we had over the last couple of seasons under the rat. You had guys like McGregor and Forrest playing really good football. KT as well. The problem, we ran them into the ground. Now, second part of last season, when we didn't look particularly good, I thought these those key players dipped purely through fatigue. Right? I mean, the amount of football McGregor and Tierney especially have played, and Forrest, is ridiculous. They're top at the most minutes played in world football charts, which is somewhere you don't want to be. 
See if we've got players like Shred who can come in for Forrest if Tierney stays. Ball and goalies back up for him. And McGregor, if we've got other options in the midfield that mean you don't have to play him as much, they're going to be fresher for longer. I think the squad, if we make the right key signings, don't bloat the squad with crap who can't come in, but pick players who can come in into these positions to give them a rest. I think that's going to stand us in good stead over the course of the season. Because I do think under the rat, that was one thing that became apparent. Real fatigue setting into the squad because he depended on key players too much. Yeah, and I, I think one thing for me is the fact that, and Neil Lennon <coughs> commented on it uh, after the game, was how relentless we were. And I think that was always something that became, I don't know if it was a tactical thing under under the rat or what, but it seemed to be that we'd get a, a few goals in the head, but a few goals ahead and then we'd maybe take our foot off the gas. And I don't know if that's because we were looking to the next game and you thought, what's the point? You know, we've already won. But I, lo- I loved that at the weekend, the fact that we just, we got one goal, we wanted to go after the next, and we just kept going, kept going. And I think that that was the main thing for me, I think, watching the game was how how entertained I was. And yeah. I think that's such an important thing. And I, I mean, I was a season ticket holder under Neil Lennon the first time around. And the football became turgid. I mean, that his last season at, at Celtic Park, Turning up at those those league games, it was dross most of the time, and that's something I'm I'm sure it's something he wants to make sure isn't repeated. But um, I think right now he's obviously got some very good players, the likes of Christie, as, as uh, you highlighted before. Um, he is in the form of his life, so you, mm-hmm. you know that that's only going to help you from a just the the, the starting eleven. Scott Bain and goals, uh, El Hamed. Beaton, Ayer, Bolingoli, Brown, McGregor, Forrest, Christie, John, uh, Johnson and Edward up front. How close is that to our starting eleven? Now obviously you had Julian out and you had uh, Jozo out because they were they were both suspended. What changes? How close is that to our first choice eleven, do you think? I, I'd potentially think only Julian. Only Julian. Only Julian. I think I think this this summer Julian for Beaton. For Beaton, aye. I think uh, I think Johnson Johnson's gonna be one of the I think he's gonna become the, the kind of next level player. Obviously we had Christie coming through last season. Season before that with McKenna McGregor. I think this year it'll be Johnson. I think he looks like he looks he's a real talent. He looks like he, the one thing I liked about him as well, he just goes at the defender. The way Sinclair plays in the left, he kinda wants to kinda have the ball and kinda cut inside. Whereas Johnson just wants his skin players, uh, and he's got the talent, he's got the, the technique and the talent to do that. Um, it seems as if he's maybe ta- he's obviously taken on board what happened in the Rangers game. And obviously, it was a tough game. He was thrown under the bus and stuff. And I think, Twice. Ov- uh, mm-hmm. I think over the summer, I think it's been put to bed. It's put aside, and he's decided. No, do you know what? He's boy watched some of the other youngsters when they went away and low and came back and t- taking their chances. Sinclair's not favoured. Like, clearly, he's in, he's got two days to go to the club, or he's going to be third choice. Um, that sounded like a warning. Well, the, the, the English market shuts Thursday. True. I can't imagine yeah. him going abroad. So he's got two days to find. Other than that, I think he's would you sell third choice. Or would I you would. Keep him? I would sell him. I would. I would, I would sell him because um, I've got there's Johnson and there's also Morgan. I think from what I've seen through some of the uh, parts of the summer. Morgan looks like he's done well going out on loan again. I think that's really helped him as well. Again, he's one of those type of wingers who wants to take players on. So he yeah. does. Um, 
so I, I feel with having those two, you've still got Arzani and Schwed to use up as well, um, for us on the right. So I don't really see, and also it's a big wage to get rid of that you but could yeah, use for a right back. Yeah, I, I would keep Sinclair. If you look at it, since he's come out of the club, he's won every trophy going. He's top of the scoring and assist charts since he's been here. His form dips, but I think it's because it's probably more noticeable. Um, he's great to have in the squad, really experienced, clearly a good, a key member of the squad. I think you'd be mad to, to sell him. Um, and I would potentially even have him as a, a first choice. I think Mikey Johnson's going to be great. I don't think, very similar to what Chris said earlier, you can, you need to manage Mikey Johnson properly. Yeah. So he's not playing a hell of a lot of games. So of you will have him in and out. I think Sinclair's But then Sinclair's, Sinclair's barely appeared over the summer. I mean, there's all the European games. He's like come on for what, five, ten minutes. But then do you not think there's, there's possibly an, an element of... We already know everything mm. we're going to know about Sinclair. I mean, Lennon isn't going to learn much from playing Sinclair in those games. Like, fair enough. If 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 he truly believes he's one of his starters, then obviously he would play, and that, that's not the case. But I do think there's got to be a wee bit of experimentation with the likes of Schwed and Morgan and these players who are either new to the club or on the fringes. That you're going to learn something about at this stage of yeah. the season, mm-hmm. and you're not going to get that with Sinclair necessarily. But Wednesday against Cluj might be a signal that because Cluj a much tougher opponent. If you're going to use experience, Sinclair, I think you'd that. still, I think, I think you'd still rely on Sinclair in a way that you wouldn't rely on Morgan. You, you can't expect Morgan. You can't throw him in and a when you really need a goal in a European tie, mm. the, the same way that you can you can throw in Sinclair and have a certain degree of confidence that you'd be able to do it. I'm a bit ambivalent on whether he stays or goes. At one point, I was I was keen for him to go. Two reasons. I do think his experience is key and the, the, the reason that Brian talked about as well. You can't just throw Johnson in and say you're going to play X amount of games. So I, I do think keeping him there is fine. Plus, I don't think... He's on a big wage, and I think we could use that more wisely elsewhere. I don't think we will. That's the problem. I'm not sure that if he went, we would get somebody in on that wage, although that makes sense. I don't think it will happen. Lastly, I don't think Lennon's as close or as enamoured with him as the rat was, because you would find, as you said, his form dips. We all know his form dips. He can be so infuriating. He's a bit like Commons uh, and Tam to an extent. If he's no scoring, he's no contributing, you know. And that's quite infuriating. I'm dangling a wee fishing rod down. He's not even listening. <laughs> I'm the host now. I'm not going to get involved in that. But, but the fact is, I know that Lennon won't play him just because he's Scott Sinclair and he's got a close relationship with him like Rogers used to do. So that I'm less bothered if he goes. I do think he could be a useful player to have. I doubt he'll stay after next season. We've got the one-year contract extension. Don't mind him being in and around the squad just now. So... If he stays, he stays. If he goes, he goes. Um, would there not be the fear factor that he could start being like uh, a kind of hindrance in the dressing room if it goes a couple of weeks, months in the line? He's not. He's not getting games. He's not happy. I don't think he's he's a start. No, I mean, if you look at last season, he wasn't a regular starter, nah. um, and he seemed. I mean, he, he seemed to be a, a key part of the squad. I think he's great. The, my, my fear is with Mikey Johnson in particular. You can see Lennon sort of matured as a manager now, but I remember Lennon's first spell. And he absolutely persevered with James Forrest week in, week out. It's always been a strong point in Lennon, to be fair. Well, they always play. He, he did, gives and youth on a one chance, hand, you can he? see it's a strong point, but on the other side, I mean, Forrest used to get pelters every week. I remember the guy who used to sit behind me hated James Forrest. And there was a lot of times you couldn't really debate because Forrest wasn't. Lennon clearly seen the talent, and it's only been since Ratchels or whatever we're calling him 
came in where Forrest is, is really pushed on. But prior to that, Lennon put him in, he was a bit of a lamb of slaughter sometimes and he was mm. an easy target for the sort of the the negativity from fans and I hope that doesn't help with Mikey he's, Johnson. He's, he's injury problems with Forrest. I mean, it was, 2000, it was 2015 really, wasn't it, when he started to to play for us, I would say, properly. 2016? Was it Rosenberg? Oh, it was, it was, it was, no, it was season. It was the Rosenberg away game. What was that, 2016? Oh, when he, when he played without kind of injuries hindering them? Yeah, what yeah. I'm saying, that, that's when he, he scored away when we won in, uh, in, in against yeah. Rosenberg, and then he kicked on from then. Before that, it was start, stop, start, stop. Yep. You might get the odd good game out of him. But before then, there was no real consistency with, yeah. uh, with, with Forrest. So, Manny, I have made pretty much my name off of one one slogan um, on a certain position. You've, you've made your yeah. name off of me, yeah, basically. Yeah, pretty much. You're um, welcome. <laughs> I still have a few t-shirts. Um, <laughs> have I found my right back? Have you found your right back? Well, for a guy who almost universally was slated, he's not even a right back. He's only got however many caps for Israel, one or whatever. Um, he's a journeyman. He's failed abroad twice. That was, that was just for you. Aye. <laughs> but I was summarising the general consensus of the Celtic <laughs> support. Um, that was your column in the digger. April, <laughs> the digger. Um, available on uh, many good news agents. Um, he, aye, he played well. He played well on Saturday. He looked quite composed. So did Bolingoli, actually. Um, yeah, the, 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 I mean, the two of them are... You know, right now you would have to say it's all very much gone quiet in the transfer front. We're going to come to that in a bit, but right now there are two f- first choice fullbacks. I actually thought they were quite good at the weekend, and I thought Bolingoli, who I, I admit I, 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 uh, when I went to the I went to the last qualifier at home, and I I'd spoke to Gal about it when we were here last week. And it's out that said how I thought he was rotten, like he'd never played football before. Oh, aye, we, seemed... sla- we slagged him on the old Patreon pod. Yes, aye, um, pay your money. That was, <laughs> he, he He looked lost, he looked a lot more comfortable um, at the weekend. And, and the mm. one thing that I'd actually been critical of him for was the fact that he kept cutting inside and then kind of no knowing what to do when he got inside and lingering inside and not immediately getting back into position when he didn't have the ball I thought he was better at it and I thought I actually saw more of KT in him at the weekend Um, I'm not saying they're the same player but in terms of that having that you know he can he can go down the line with it. He can cut inside. He looked a lot more dynamic at the weekend than than what I thought he he was going to be. Seemed a lot more disciplined, which I I noticed because in the the qualifiers he's he had a tendency to bomb Mm -hmm. forward and maybe get a wee bit of position. Um, which is fine. That's obviously we're wanting attacking fullbacks, but on Saturday he just looked much more disciplined in the in the position. Um, Are you confident with him then? Uh, I mean, I'm confident without getting uh, into aye. the KT thing because yep. obviously that's right now he's injured, so he can't play anyway. Is it? Are we confident enough that Bolingoli, as our left back, can cut it for however many games he's going to have to play right now? I want to see um, El Hamed. And Bolingoli have to defend before I make that decision. Mm-hmm. See, and see until they're up against a team that comes at us in any way, shape, or form, you're not going to know. I mean, that's the thing about KT: you could defend and you could attack. We've had guys like Izagiri, who really wasn't a good defender, but was good in his first spell early on going forward. You know, 
with so many false dons, Danny Fox, you were talking about the other day, <laughs> Lee Naylor, you know, to, to be able to do both of them, it's a rare commodity. Now, Ball and Golly look quite good going forward again on um, at, the, at, the, at the weekend there, but we, I've, I've no idea if he can defend because nobody's came at us. All I know is that he gave the ball away against Sarajevo, and which gave a goal away. So, based on that, I'm, I'm like, okay, maybe maybe he's going to have problems defensively, but I, I'd like to see. Cluj, I mean, well, I know we'll come and talk about Cluj. Cluj will give us a better idea where we actually are as a squad, I think. Yeah. Kieran, for you? Are they yeah, I'm the same as the man. I mean, we weren't, the fullbacks weren't tested at all at the weekend. There was nothing much coming down St. Johnson's wings, um, purely because of the way we were playing. We were just always uh, pushing St. Johnson further back. Uh, what I like about Bongo is his pace. There was one point I did see when he came out, we lost possession, and he was really, really quick getting back in uh, to his position, uh, and I'll say the defender. Um, but yeah, I mean, once he, once we start kind of get a bit of a test defensively, um, I mean, it's good just now because obviously when you're playing against weaker, weaker opposition, you can get a bit more better understanding when you're back four um, to make sure that you know what when you go too far, far forward to come back in um, and get your shape quite quickly. Because um, the amount of times, obviously, when we go forward, your shots will go into like, by kicks and stuff like that, possession for the keeper, so you need to get back into your system again. So, yeah, I'll th- be disciplined for that. I think the, I, I think at this point, you know, we don't really have much choice. I, I, we, don't, we don't actually have any choice when it comes to fullback. Those are the two fullbacks. So, at this point, we're gonna just have to we're gonna have to persevere and see what they're made of, and I think it, we have to have a consistent back four for as many games as we can. Hopefully, Julian's now kind of up to speed. I would imagine he'll probably play during the week, but again, we'll come to that. But I think having Ball and Golly and and uh, El Hamed at right back until we sign better quality, then I think we we just have to go with it and see what they've got. Brian, what what did you think about Ryan Christie, and and not just Ryan Christie, but Christie McGregor and Brown as a midfield three? Do you think that is that is that your first choice three? Do you think it's really difficult because I don't think we can really drop Scott Brown, but I like the McGregor Christie dynamic, but I'd like Charm in there um, because I think it would be better. Um, despite the fact on Saturday they were brilliant, but I don't think Brown will play as many games this season. Hopefully he doesn't, um, because like we've said about the previous uh, McGregor and things, we need to manage this squad properly this season, because last season it really fell away because they played a ridiculous amount of games. Um, Brown, McGregor, Christie, I think just now probably is the first first choice, but I would like to see maybe Brown dropping out, McGregor sitting back there, charming Christie, um, which I think would be fantastic. I think under Lennon there's probably more of a chance of Bitton filling in for Brown if he's ever injured than actually using in Cham or McGregor because he's used Bitton and, and well he's had to, had to use him in certain What half. did you think of Bitton at the weekend? Oh, again, but it wasn't it wasn't challenged at all. No. It wasn't any I mean any time O'Halloran was running off it was always at Ayer's side and Ayer was dealing with it so he was. Um, Bitton's always good. It, it's it's sometimes good to have Bitton in defence because he's composing the ball because he's a midfielder. So he's able, able to drive out of defence with the ball um, to kind of get moves started. Um, defensively, we've seen him make a few mistakes at times, but he was in there to fill a job because we have two centre-halves suspended, so 
who yeah. are ahead of him. So once they come back, if, if, I, I think that's the thing with Beaton. He, he he does a job. You can't deny he does a job at centre half, especially. He seems, especially he seems happy to be here as well. Yeah. Oh no, absolutely. I think but, he. But I mean, what I mean has been a squad player as well. Yeah. Like Aye. second, third. He's not pushing. Uh, yeah, yeah. I don't think he'd push too much um, to be a starter, but. A voice from what the was that? What Did you hear that? Um, it's all right, blank him out. He's just trying to, he's uncomfortable. So, apparently, Beaton's got um, one year left in his contract, yeah. So, I've heard, um, but yeah, no, he, he, he just you produce, <laughs> he fills in, um, he fills in, d- does a job, but I think that it, it's the, the same old thing with Beaton. I think he looks good when there's no one near him, but as soon as he's getting pressed, I. I just would not like to be going to one of our tougher away games and someone pressing him too hard. I think he would. Yeah. I think he would crumble. That's the thing um, I'd say about Jam for him from Brown. I don't think Jam's disciplined enough to be a kind of holding midfielder. I, prefer, I think he prefers to be the they kind of link the box to box. They kind of almost McGregor. Like I would drop McGregor back though. I would have McGregor replacing Brown. Aye, that's that's the Christian the Christian call. That's what everybody says. They would drop McGregor back. I think McGregor, so I mean, I'm if you look just, at McGregor, just leaving that now. McGregor on Saturday, it was effortless for him. It was he was everywhere he needed to be, moving the ball on. He was he was brilliant, and I think he just fits that really well. He's much more energy, obviously, than than Brown, um, and he, I think he just really fits that role. With yeah. Chris Christie, Christie's fantastic just now. Christie's Everything. Christie's finishes Samani well, <laughs> top drawer, unbelievable. The Okay, the, the second one was a goalkeeping error, but the other two strikes were were phenomenal. Um, but it's not it's, it's not even just these goals. I mean, it's his it's his energy. If if we're playing him in that position, right? And normally you would have had in previous seasons you might have had Rogic in there. It's the energy. It's the energy that he brings um, to that midfield three that nobody else really does. That I think. It makes the the, the massive a, a massive difference to us. When he came in last season and then he got injured, you could you, it was so noticeable how much we missed him when he was when he uh, when he wasn't playing. So having him back and having that just constant buzzing about just makes a, a, an absolutely huge difference to us. We had Armstrong, um, who used to kind of give that running and that drive and and, and was scored important goals for us. I, I think I'm happy enough to say now that I think Christie's a better player than Armstrong. I, I was a bit hesitant to say that at one point, but I think I think Christie's a better player than Armstrong. I think he gets more involved. He's more aggressive. He's he's, he's more energetic. Yeah, definitely. definitely more energetic. He I wins think the ball back better. It seems for what you think is just a wee guy. He's yeah. he's really yeah. aggressive. Yeah, I think the, the, about. The, he's tough. Eh? Yeah, I think the the only thing you'd have to say is he's not done it for even a full season yet. And Armstrong. I think if he does it, well, I, I suppose... Christie's got better hair now as well. Yeah, yeah, I was going to say, you are dazzled by Stuart's hair. It, it was the best hair at the club. He changed James Forrest. James oh, Forrest had the awful hair, and then Stuart came in. I'm not, I'm not here saying I don't, it. I, I wasn't even a fan. Like, you know, Gal, it was Gal's boy, and, you know... Who? I know, exactly. Right. But I mean, okay, the, the hair was dazzling, right? Let, let, let's not take away from the fact that that guy had a cracking, cracking barnet, right? But that can't mask his passing deficiencies and his inconsistency, which Christie doesn't have. 
That's all right. I mean, he was a dick. I think um, that's the other thing as well. Saturday was good with Christie was it was the space he, he was able to create and find himself in to have those shots because against other teams you're not going to have that amount of time to get the two shots yeah. off. It's time to kind of like set himself up to time and then because it was also and the thing as well it was like a dead ball situation. The thing, the thing yeah. is though, I, I, I think you're right. Is it's the being able to set yourself up so quickly, but I don't think there's anybody in that team that would have been so accurate. I mean, it was the accuracy of those shots. That, I mean, he did, they weren't in the middle of the goal. I mean, he was tucking them away in the corner yeah. and one off the bar. It was fantastic. So 7-0, Johnson got the first. Um, Christie obviously got a hat-trick. And Cham got one. Edward got one. And Griffiths got one. Best or favourite goal out of all of them, each of you, please? Brian, we'll start with you. Oh, favourite goal? That's really difficult because I think the last... Um, Last three, Chams, Eddies and Griffiths were, were brilliant. Um, I probably picked Griffiths because where I was sitting, I could literally, I, I said to my mate that I was with, as, as, as soon as that left his foot, you know it was going in. A perfect view of it. And it was like the kind of daisy cutter. It was a cracking goal. Um, so I'll, I'll pick that one. Keel? Um I like Johnson's, the first one. When he was in the box, tight angle, skinned the defender, came back in um, and slotted it on the other side. I quite liked. Obviously, the, I mean, you obviously go for the Christie one, the like kind of stupendous one and off the bar. I mean, it was such a great mm. strike. But no, I, I like the Johnson one. So many. Christie's second. Off the bar. The goalie. No, yeah, the off, keeper. The goalie. <laughs> off the goalie. Uh, I, like, I, I like it when they're the opposition. Make a tit on themselves. Make a, make, a, make a bow to themselves. No, um, I don't. I really like to chat. <laughs> Bowed. Uh, hopefully, he's sitting somewhere steaming at the moment. He will um, be. Absolutely. Will be. Andy and Dugan. Uh, I've got to admit. They've, they've, together. They've been be putting great. away a power of alcohol recently, mm. and uh, I salute them for it. Uh, only on Patreon. Um, <laughs> I liked in Cham's goal, and the reason why is he's a guy who's been much maligned. Rightly so, because some of his performances and how he's not looked interested or anything like that. However, he bust a gut to get through. When Eddie was running, you could see him running, sprinting through, and the finish was great. Just from that angle... First touch of the game as well, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah it, it that's that. He came touch, on, yeah. he hadn't touched the ball before that, and to curl that with his left, uh, and at the keeper's near post, it was fantastic. Because there's a guy who we all know is capable of so much. We've essentially just kind of written him off because of his attitude or certainly how he appears to be. But I think he might be in a position now where he knows he needs to play his way away from the club. The big money move to Porto or whatever hasn't happened. Nothing's happened unless something happens at the last minute. Um, so it might be that he needs to play his way. And we're only going to benefit from that. If we get Aaron Cham, who's interested and in, you know really, really itching again in that first team, he could be a huge player for us. I think for me personally, I'm gonna I'm gonna go Edward. Actually, um, I, I always love it when I see a striker round a goalkeeper, um, and it's just the the kind of calmness of it, and he's full of, full of confidence. I mean, even if he hadn't he got that goal, I think I mean he could argue, arguably be man was of the great. match. He was exceptional. Um, Shows you how good it was, though, that we all picked different goals. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Could have picked it. Um, so the the. The rest of the fixtures from the weekend, um, 
obviously the first uh, first round of the, the season we had um Hibs beat St Mern, one 0 Scott Allen with a goal. Um, Shout out to Keith McGinty. Yep. Um cracking tablet. Overcoming uh, diabetes. Well Livingston Motherwell uh nil nil. Bust my coot, thanks, Motherwell. Uh, I actually had them on as well. Um Ross County three Hamilton nil. So Ross County obviously newly promoted. Hamilton I mean, they're always the favourites for the drops. So the plankton's plankton. Yeah. Um, Kilmarnock won um, Sevco, I'm going to call them, uh, two, which we'll come back to in a wee minute. And then Aberdeen, three, Hearts, two. So they, that was fair quite, with the highlights. That was exciting. That, they, yeah. that, was a, that was a cracking game. I think, obviously, this, this season, um, as we get closer to the 10, you know, it's... We do need to be mindful of who's behind us, and who's going to, you know, in, in quotes, challenges. Um, whether it actually turns out that way, um, you would have to assume that Rangers and Aberdeen would be the two. Rangers, Aberdeen, Hibs are probably going to be the ones that will put up the biggest fight. Did anybody see anything from any of the games or, or any of the results that made you think, do you know what, they might actually be a challenge? I think Hibs will do. I've, I think Hibs tail end of last year done well under the Heckenbottom. I think's decent. Um, yep. I seen a couple of their not preseason their early games and they, they looked okay. Um, and I think Hibs will be sort of one to watch. It's difficult with Sevco Rangers, whatever you want to call them, because um, there's so much hype behind them. I've watched. I watched some of their game on Sunday. There was nothing there. Really poor. These superstar signings they've apparently made just look. Average at best. Morelos had perfectly stood on the ball and went flying for their £40 million striker. Um, I watched a wee bit of their game during the week against Progress and they were awful. Um, so I don't really see much so far of anything mm. to concern us. Um, I did have hopes for Motherwell doing something, but I, I went right off them after Saturday. The good thing with us, our performance and result on Saturday, they put a lot of pressure on them on Sunday. Because they would have been expected to try and perform and get a result to show that they're going to be challenges yeah. and they're going to be among, amongst I'd, us. I did, I did watch their game and I, I honestly think they look like a team under pressure. I mean, their their celebrations or whatever you want to call it when that goal went in, that was a that relief. was a release of pressure. That was, I mean, they knew that they you know first game of the season, but they can't afford to drop points. It, it just can't but, happen. But I was. I think I, as I do every year, Chris. I'm, I'm sure you'll you'll be the first to point out. <laughs> um, I kind of get too drawn into the hype, and it's everywhere. I can't I mean, say I've ever noticed that, uh, no. especially on about transfer uh, window times, first day or something. I just love how they do their business. Um, <laughs> but you know that the, the hype has been there for the last few weeks, and you know you would be led to believe that Rangers are indeed coming. Um, but I really thought they were average. Well. I suppose there's a couple of things. First of all, a point of caution, always because it's still early early in the, the season. But see, in terms of how they've improved, right, there was a big argument over whether Rangers had improved uh, under under Gerrard. Um, I, I think they did, even if you can just point solely at the fact they beat us twice at Ibrox. But them coming for us is totally predicated on us staying still. 
That's that, that, that's the thing. It's always been focused on how they're better, how their squads got better, right? And it maybe it has. Maybe they're stronger than they were last season. Like last season, they were stronger than the season before. But it's uh, they, they never factor into the equation that we're going to get stronger. I think we stagnated for probably a year and a half. Now after we did the, the invincible treble, we then went on. We still had the unbeaten run, and eventually we were beaten by Hearts. From that point. There was, we were a bit stop-start. Okay, we did play them and scud them a few times and stuff like that. But we never had that intensity or drive that we had in the first season. I think a lot of that was to do with fatigue. Last season especially, the whole thing with the rat, I think that infected the club from the very start of the season, from the EAK performance onwards. So I I think last season we, we were... We'd manage on the huff well, that's during, exactly during, during the Champions League qualifiers. Exactly, we had players running in fumes. I think last season was, was the season we were from the taking. Now, bear in mind, we've still got a wee while to go before the transfer window shuts. We might get some more players in. Say we don't. Say the two of us, have, both clubs have done their, their business and that's it. Right? Well, the squad we've got and the squad they've got, you know, do you think they th- do I think we've got enough to beat them and win the league? Yeah. Do I think we are stronger than we were last season? Yes. The 90-Minute Cynic are proudly sponsored by our good friends at Penny Black. Since 2014, Penny Black has been providing distinctive greetings cards, unique gifts and noteworthy stationery from their base in Glasgow. Stores are located at 721 to 723 Great Western Road, 533 Socky Hall Street and at Clyde Bank Shopping Centre. Penny Black is award-winning, family-owned and independently operated, with physical stores in Glasgow as well as their new online store, penny-black.co.uk. Benefiting from having a post office in each of their stores, Penny Black can ensure your order is packed and dispatched without delay. They've even won awards for their unique and modern approach to postal services. Birthday cards, gifts, stationery and balloons, Penny Black has you covered. Find Penny Black on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram at PennyBlackGLA. Penny Black, proud sponsors of the 90 Minute Cynic. Well, that, that, that kind of brings us on to the transfer window. Obviously, there's only a couple of days left. Um until the English window closes on Thursday at five o'clock. I mean, we went seven 0 at the weekend. Kieran, do we have enough firepower in terms of attacking players? Do we need to sign any more attacking players until the deadline and the end of August, or have we got enough in a, an attacking I, sense? We, well, we've got three strikers, but there's not been enough seen a bio to know how good he really is. Uh, and if he's going to, if it's going to work for us, with I mean with Griffiths and Eddie, I mean the two of them are fucking like standing strikers for ourselves, um, and we're 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 good to have two strikers of that quality. Um, well, not but you can never see anything with injuries and stuff like that. Um, down, down the wings, I mean we've got we've got I think we've got plenty of I, I think we've got plenty of talent. I just don't think we've got the quality if we want to do something in the Champions League and if we want to stop ourselves from getting scalped as we do year in year out against the bigger clubs. Because um, a lot, a lot, we have a, we do have a lot of youth. Well, not a lot of youth. We've got a wee bit of youth anyway in the wings and a bit of untested. Like, so you've got your Sweden and Zani who have not really played for us yet. 
So they're brand new players. Morgan's come back. You've got Johnston. The only really experienced ones we have is Sinclair and Forrest. Um, and at times, Sinclair hides in the European stage. So, but at the moment, we can't really afford to go out and buy them because realistically, we need to get two fullbacks in. So we need to kind of deal with, I think our importance is the fullbacks. I think we definitely need our right back. We need a better right back. So we do. I think the boy they brought in as a backup. I say, think there's another one coming in. Say the phrase. Oh, come um, on. Danny to. Yeah. What, that's what the people want to hear. That's what the people want to hear. Where is my right back? He said that. He said that. So, I mean, on our right back and our centre half. Yeah, no, left back. Left back. If Tierney goes, that's the thing. If Tierney stays, we're fine. Well, but it's, yeah, that, you, you just don't know yet for not. But we've only got two days, I suppose. Yeah, that was um, one question. Um, Brian, I'll come to you with this. Uh, Kelvin Martin Johnson says on Twitter if Tierney stays and therefore Celtic don't get the 25 million, can you see more signings being made or are we waiting on the potential KT money? I think we'll make signings. Um, I think we're potentially waiting until the English transfer window closes because there's. There, there might be opportunities after that. Um, I think KT will stay. I think Bolingoli will be a backup and po- possibly play left mid as well. Um, we need a right back, I think. Um, just to cement what we've got there, I think El Hamid will do a job, but I don't think he's necessarily first choice. I think we need a striker. Everywhere else, I'm pretty comfortable with. If Chozo stays, then fine. Um, if he goes in, there's probably going to need to be someone in there to, again, just another backup. Um, but I, I mean, I think we'll, we'll definitely make at least at least one signing. I think probably a couple. Jozo Elil, Samani, do you think? Do we entertain that at this point? And and no, it's by uh, before the EK all over again. No, I see. Unless you've got a ready-made replacement, see unless we sign a, a centre half who's as good as him. No, ignore it. No chance. Scott McKenna. I said as good as him. Scott Scott McKenna obviously he's he's put in a transfer request um yesterday. I think it's been rejected by Aberdeen if they can if they can do that. Um from the point of view of, you know, he's um he said he wants to go, but I mean they're under no obligation anyway to, to sell him. Would we take happy player? Yeah. Yeah. Would we take you know, he's been linked with us previously, but obviously there's championship clubs have bid for him. Would anybody here take? Would you sell Jozo and replace him with McKenna? No. I do you know? I've, I think the boy gets slated. I've not seen enough of him to overly criticise him. I don't. I don't think he's someone we should. Necess- he doesn't necessarily stand out in any way. So I'm not overly fussed about buying him. Um, but if we sell Jozo, we're bringing in a backup. McKenna's hmm. potentially a backup. So it's not really, you're not going out to sign a first choice centre half. So maybe he'd do a job, but whether he'd want to come as a backup, I don't know. Well, if you sell if you sell yours and you buy McKenna with less money, then it's not a bad. I don't thing think you would do it. Yeah, that, that's that, that's, ex- that's <laughs> exactly why you're not going to sell Yozo and get McKenna for any less. So I think if say, say you get five million for Yozo from Leo and Aberdeen deal at a seven million quid. Right, you're paying two million pound for a defender who he might end up being better, but I don't think he's good as good as Simunovic is just now. I, I, I don't. I mean, he's not going to be drastically better. See if we got him in, and you know, I wouldn't be like raging or anything like that. Do you know what I mean? 
especially if, if if there was a two million outlay essentially on McKenna if we sold Sumunovic, I wouldn't be raging about it. But I don't think it would necessarily improve the squad. And that's the whole point. That's why you would do it. Yeah. So two two questions very quickly, everyone. First, does Kate we've only got what Two two days left before the, the English transfer window shuts. Does KT leave, yes or no? Chris Omani. Dead L. No. No. Kim? No. Brian? No. I agree. I think he he can't kick a ball without feeling pain, so I, I can't see I, I can't see how they would take him. And then secondly you know, what is the number one priority for the rest of the window? We've obviously, we've got longer, we've got a, a couple of weeks, three weeks. What's the one priority position that we need to strengthen before the end of the window? Right back. Because, because, because Lennon... It's the, phrase, it's the phrase that pays. Because Neil, 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 Lennon, pain, pain Neil Lennon has said, you know, we want, we want to have another couple of players in before the, the, you know, after the first qualifiers, we want another couple of players in before the second one. And after the second one, it's want, we want another couple of players in um, before the third one. And I think it, it was more, I think he'd actually said two or three positions. And then, you know, the last time he spoke about it, he was like, I'm, we're, quite, we're quite happy with the balance of the squad and things like that it doesn't really paint a great picture in terms of what we're going to go and do from now on so if let's say we're only going to get one more quality player in Kieran for you right back yep still right back Brian yeah I go right back yep for Manny yeah has to be a right back the phrase that pays do you remember what that was from he's too young pays no what was it do you remember Atlantic 252 I don't know why that's in my head. They used to phone up and you had to say, I listen to Long Wave Radio, Atlantic 252. And it was a phrase that pays. How much did it pay? Depended. Did it? I did, I. On what? Stuff. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think I just had to get that off. But I just did they not do a good turn on t shirts, much like Louis did with the Where's My Right Back stuff? Because I remember Atlantic 252 on a t shirt. That's right, I. Do you remember Atlantic 252? I've not got a clue what you're talking about. This whole last couple of minutes has been a blur. (laughs) Um, So moving swiftly on to um, Wednesday, obviously we're we're playing Cluj. We've got the away away game um, against Cluj. It's such an important game, obviously, because it's the, the, you know, you're away first, um, you want to have something positive to to bring back and try and build on. how how do you go into it, Chris? Do you do you try and go for it, or do you do you be conservative and just try and you know even if it's a even if it's a nil nil draw you'll take it or a score draw you'll take it. Um, away from home, I, I I would I would try and get an away goal. Um, I wouldn't be comfortable with us defending or setting up defensively um, away in Europe. So obviously the the full backs are untested. Um, we would have Ayer, and then we would probably have, you know, Sumunovic. Maybe if he's not suspended, he's probably more up to speed than Julian. So at this stage of the season, I'm not entirely sure how solid the the, the backline is going to be. Plus, even if it is solid, you know, we're like, you know, we're liable to 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 do something stupid. So in that sense. I think we should play on our strengths so far this season, which has been the attack and play, 
going forward and trying to get some goals because we've got any number of players who look as if they, they, they can they can uh, create things for us. So you don't want to be stupid, you don't want to go gung ho, but at the same time, I wouldn't I wouldn't want us to go over there and try and shut up shop because I don't think we're put, we're particularly capable of that, uh, and I do think we've got players that can hurt them. So I would I would um, I, I would set up to try and get something over there. Kieran Andrew Angus says on Twitter, assuming Iron uh, Bolongoli start and Elhamid is fit to play, who takes the final spot and uh, be the centre of defence tomorrow? Although we want Julian up to speed as soon as possible, I worry about changing too much too soon and would be inclined to stick with Beaton just for the game. Would you do that or no? I'd bring in Yozo. Um, Yozo and Iron have been they've been a partnership for most of like from January almost last year as well um, and how, how we've how, seen Yuzo, Yuzo, when Len, once Lennon came in Yuzo seemed to improve he seemed to kind of play a lot better he seemed to cut out daft mistakes well there would be the odd couple but it wouldn't be as much as we were used to but he was when he channeled his in that he he starts to do the simple things like see around try and keep the ball in play just simply put it out let us get yeah. back in our shape um, Bitton's not a defender Um uh, if you're going to be up against a tough side, because I've seen um, somewhere that um, Cluj play a lot of long balls, so there's going to be a lot of emphasis on their strikers, the ball going towards them, so there's going to be a lot of aerial battles, I think, and Bitton's not good in an aerial battle, where a centre-half, um, where a centre-forward, sorry, whereas I think Yozo's a bit more, he's got more of a presence, He's he knows how to take a defender. defender. He's uh, proved everything. Yeah. So, <laughs> Uh, I would be I would, I would be having Yozo and how how would you approach it in general? Do you think similar to Samania? I don't not not to sit in in deep. I wouldn't even think of going for a back three um, to try and have like almost like five defenders. I think just to play your strengths, just possession football. The way we, we we know how to do it, we know how to keep the ball. I'd be more. I'd probably make, give McGregor more of an emphasis not to go too gung ho forward too much. Be more close to Brown. So you've got a kind of extra man in midfield because if they break, because I think obviously with the yeah. home side they're going to be on the counter an awful lot. Um, it might leave it a wee bit lonely for Eddie, but Christie's he's got the drive and the the engine to kind of be there to support him as well with the two wingers. So um, try and get the fullbacks to support, but don't overlap. Don't get overlap and get lost up the top. Yeah. Um, just just give it a very kind of organised. Um, shape um, and just try and keep the ball as much as we can. I think. I think one thing. I think Lennon will definitely be a little bit more pragmatic away from home in Europe. And and the good thing about this team, I think, of what they've shown so far is we have got pace in the team. And I think pace is is one thing that Lennon has kind of prioritised. And I think we can hit we can hit teams on the counter probably better than we've ever been able to. I think they like it like some. Uh, Mickey Johnson will just be, you know, that he will eat that up if he he's gets not a chance. boxer from the nineteen thirties. Oh, Jesus, right? Okay, gal. <laughs> um, Brian, um, what, what do you think? What would your approach be, and and how how much of a test do you think Cluj will present? I don't know. To be totally honest, um, you just expect them to be better than what we've faced before. You assume they're going to be because of the, the stage of the competition we're in. Um, it's an away game in Europe. You're always fearful regardless of what the round is. Celtic just need to be disciplined, patient, um, confident, which I think they will be. By all accounts, uh, Cluj are quite defensive. Um, so 
there might not be a lot of opportunities to, to counter-attack them. So we probably will have a lot of possession. You're going to rely on the likes of Mikey Johnson if he starts um, in Forest um, and probably Edward as well. But I think there will be opportunities for the likes of Christie just to try some shots as well. Um, yeah. With his accuracy, that there's a good opportunity for that to be a goal. Similar to Callum McGregor, I got a couple of messages today. Apparently Callum McGregor's 28-1 for first goal scorer, so get your dosh on that. Lovely. And then sign up for the Patreon when you win. So I think <laughs> I think we would probably all say that Bain will, will start in goals. Back yeah. four, what would be our back four? See, that's weird. I, thought, I hadn't even thought of Joseph starting, but listen to Kieran, that's, that's a good I mean, shout. realistically, Ball and Golly and uh, El Hamid, are, El Hamid the, yeah. the, two, the two of them will be the full backs. Ayer has to start. Sent Ayer has Ayer to start. Joseph. So, so, Joseph for you? Oh, aye. Joseph, Kieran? I, I, I would... Uh, my immediate thought was Julian, but thinking about it, yeah, Jozo just See, makes more Ju- sense. Julian, personally, I think I'd go with Julian. I think if you've paid that amount of money, he he must be of a certain calibre that he should be going into a game like this and playing, I think. Um, you think so, but then it's kind of, with Jozo and I, are, you know what you're getting. It's solid, yeah. dependable. Julian. But at least, I mean, at least we're all absolutely sure that we're not starting beat on at centre-half. I mean, I mean no, he's I a good option. I mean, we did that in... Uh, is it Tron Time that Rosenberg play? Uh, Tron Time. It's just a great name. You right? need to say it and see. We're missing Gal's mad pronunciation. Tron Time. Aye, that's good. That's good. Aye. <laughs> um, aye. So we, we, uh, when we we played them away there, but he wasn't particularly bothered by them. I don't think they had more much of an attacking threat that night. I don't know. I also remember he played against Bayern Munich at Celtic Park. Um, messed up the header and gave the goal away for uh, Martinez to score. Anyway. Bottom line is, he's not a, a centre-half. He can't really defend. He's good at bringing the ball forward if there's nobody in front of him. What you really don't want is to have beat on in a high-pressure game at centre-half. So I wouldn't even think about doing it. Jozo is probably far more up to speed than Julian is. Mm. That's a guess. I mean, mm. we'll wait and see. If they were both up to speed, you would probably play Julian based on his fee, but for me, I would have Jozo and I. They've played well together. We know what we're going to get. That's it. So, Brown, McGregor, Christie. Yep. yep. No change. Can't change that. Um, Forrest on the right. Yep. Yeah. And then the left. Johnson. Johnson. Mickey. The That's the only one I might consider Mickey Sinclair to start. Um, and Johnson coming on. But yeah. I, wouldn't be, I wouldn't be unhappy if Johnson starts. Do you play him? I play Johnson. I'd play Johnson. Johnson, yeah. And then Edward up front. It's got to be Eddie. I mean, we are we are pretty much at that point already in the season where you know we've played we've played qualifiers, so it's not as if you know, okay, we've only played one league game, but we should be in the swing of things now, and we've more or less got a starting eleven that is picking itself um, with players that are on form. Predi- That's why, sorry, it's even Lennon mentions there's two or three players going to buy after the next round. Then after the next round, you're kind of thinking where. I think it's got it's, it's almost squad players, so right. So you've got your right back, potentially the left wing, but then if we're keeping Sinclair and we've got Johnson, it, it seems as if it's squad players we're buying, but then we've got quite a bit of a quite a, a striker. Well, I think a striker's a definite. If we, he's, I think there will be times where we'll play two up front. Um, and Bio, you have no idea what we're going to get from him. Um, just I'd because just be he's injured, if now. we didn't give him a chance, just like oh, no, so I'd many like other players, him. I think you've bought him, you've paid the money for him. You need to, you need to give him a chance. Um, predictions? What do you think, Kieran? I'm going to go with. 
a one one or a two one to Cluj. Sorry, a one one or a two one to Cluj. Wow, bold. I think um, we'll we'll definitely score. I think we've we've shown we can score in Europe. Okay, Brian. Uh, I'm going to say we're going to win two 0 Two 0 So man, but CFR Cluj. <laughs> Oh, he's doing the long dragged out one. I like these ones. What does the CFR stand for? Do we know? Football. Romania. Romania. No. Republic. Zero. Oh, exciting. Celtic de Glasgow. <laughs> <laughs> one. Jesus. Um, personally, your heart I, skipped a beat there, didn't it? Yeah, no, it was <laughs> cranked up the suspense well. Um, I think we'll concede. I just think it, that. I, I think this is going to be a much harder test for us than what we've <coughs> we've had previously. Well, look um, at last season's results in Europa League for them. They put they got through. They put Sevilla out. Um, no, that's still get ahead of yourself. Get put out of a team for Luxembourg. <laughs> no, that's a, that's <laughs> a team that always scalp us in the in the playoff. Um, <laughs> no, I, I think it'll be. Um, you still think it's going to be two one to them? <laughs> he's changed his prediction 6-0 really. no no it's, it's, you, you've, you've made it now by getting beat um, I think it'll be a score draw I, I think I think it'll be 1-1 um, but personally I'd, Tam, I'd go be happy with him. <laughs> Jesus. I'd just like to see Tam in a Celtic top again even if he's on the bench he's um, wearing one at his wedding apparently ah, good luck to him right. good luck to him um, priorities and all that absolutely um, so I think that's us for for this week, um, already that flew in. Oh, I know it was like it was a quick. See, I don't think we've ever been under such a tight time constraint. But now that obviously that I'm hosting and um, the producer is a prima donna, then we've got to be done. And this minutes. is very similar to Celtic's game on Saturday, where it's just fun. You can feel the fun coming back. You now. can you can feel the fun. Yeah, yeah the, the, the tyrant is no longer at the helm. Yeah. You know, listen, and that, you, listen, you, you'll get better. Yeah, absolutely, you know. absolutely. <laughs> I expect to be slaughtered on the likes of um, Kerry Dale Street and all that sort of stuff. But listen, we'll get better. It's our podcast, right? We, we've it's take, the people's we've, podcast. We've taken it over again because I think podcast a, of the working there was class. A lot yeah. of disgruntled people that thought, "Well, I'm no gaining you nine dollars a month, so you know what am I Plus getting? That. It's all right. We're back. We're still delivering the same old quality product." It's not the same as brand spanking new. Yeah, it's, much better. Don't do your wee finger thing. You take your time. We're here all night. Um, so the Motherwell game. Let's <laughs> Brian McManus. Pleasure. Absolutely loved it. I'm glad to be back. I'm glad you asked me back and when you told me about your vision and the team you were building. I just uh, it was a no brainer for me. Thanks, so. man. Uh, Kieran Haran, you were um, aye, you were great. I'm always here, and I'll be. I promise you I'll be banging the goals in to make sure we get forward with that big toe bash no toe bash at all oh come <laughs> on hey so Manny I believe in you Louis I believe in you I believe in you too and we've got another um, our greatest Patreon show ever coming back to listeners soon later in this month um, yeah but yeah. it's not about that today it's about you thanks well done Thank you. I remember You're the last time he hosted something. Must be about five or six years ago, but it was like riding a bike. You were, you were, you were terrific. Let's wrap this up. Okay. Um, well, thanks for listening. Please, um, if you haven't done so already, leave a review on iTunes. Follow us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, all of these things. And yeah, thanks for listening, and we will see you down the street.